Hello, hello, hello. These are your hosts, Satit and Tappan, and this is Cold Brew Money. We are talking about money because your friends and family won't. Hi, Satit. How are you doing? Good, yeah. How are you? It has been a busy week for you, I guess. Yeah, it has been a busy week with the launch of the website. Yeah, uh, we for people, yeah, for people who have not like uh, seen any of the thousand posts that we made on like all our social media, uh, we have a new website. It's coldbrew dot money. Go check it out right now. Just do it, and we will also add the link in the show notes. We've heard a lot of good feedback. Atit, what did you hear, like from your friends, family, or listeners about like the website? Yeah, I think they were really excited. Uh, they um, and even I was pleasantly surprised that you know, like all all the articles and blogs and everything that we've been consuming for so many years and the like past like five six years is now everything you know put together. on one yeah. page it looks yeah. so good and categorized according to like the different yeah. tags oh it's uh, i wish i had some something like this you know um, when i was starting out my investment journey or just uh, personal finance journey uh, in general. yeah yeah and the link that atit is talking about it's uh, coldbrew.money/um repository so it's essentially our we are calling it the rabbit hole because once you start going through the links it's like you'll spend insane amounts of time but essentially we wanted when we were creating the website we wanted to have a central repository of all the things that we consume like articles podcasts blogs um, books and so on in one place so and categorize it by topic so if you're interested in for example investing then what are the top books articles that you can read so it's now on one page and it looks good and a lot of people reached out for that page as well that they are um excited to see it so again go to coldbrew.money and check out the rabbit hole link yeah and it's going to be like a living breathing document right so yeah. like we'll we'll keep adding to the list every week so yep yep Cool. And then Atit, I also saw Wonder Vision over the weekend. Oh, you did? Nice. Yeah, I finished it in one day. I think Friday seven to one or something like that. I just finished everything, yeah. all the episodes. It, it's really good. I, as you warned, I did not read any spoilers or did not get into theories. I watched the entire show and then I started reading about those theories. Nice. So I liked the experiment. Like I liked it that way, not the experiment. I liked it that way. um i really enjoyed the show the whole theme of the show and how they've created it it's very interesting it's really nice so i liked it and then uh, because i started wonder vision I, i i was missing avengers and game so i started i watched that as well like oh you know <laughs> yeah, yeah we went through the same same uh, journey like we started wonder vision we like okay wait let's uh, and and i watched it while it was releasing right so yeah. i was like okay i don't have anything to do after the 13 minute episode uh, you know finished so i went back started watching uh, avengers then the whole the whole thing captain marvel and and man yeah. and end game yeah i i i just watched end game last night for 4 hours and like 3 hours the movie serial right so i watched that and man that scene like the portal scene where uh, like everyone comes and like you know the avengers oh yeah right the money like, shot yeah every time i see that i still have goosebumps and like it's i i think the best um, experience that we had as viewers uh, 
and if you watched it in the cinema like i think it was one of the best experience that we got to live through in our generation like while we were growing up right and it, it's like insane like the whole sequence yeah. it's it's crazy yeah uh, i remember like uh, iron man when it came out i don't know when 2008 or something like uh, i i went to watch it with my family and i was blown away by you know like how good the visual effects were yeah and you should see now if you if you see the uh, iron man so we actually watched iron man also like one two uh, and the visual effects is it holds up but it has come so long yeah. right like it has evolved like crazy in the last decade right like just 12 years so yeah. many things has happened like uh, it's it's amazing yeah so i did that and then i was like and i i used disney plus as well for the first time and i saw their whole list of like all the things that they're going to release i did some research and all that and then yeah i i invested in disney plus <laughs> I, you invested in my, disney yeah I, I, yeah i put my money <laughs> in it and i think the Absolutely. buy will go <laughs> through tomorrow like it's one of my long term uh, investments i don't i think it's a high right now it's somewhat high right now but like it's disney i like it's it's fine i'm going to hold it yeah because i was just thinking about it they they were established in what 1920 1930 first came the comics right like a generation grew up with the comics then came the cartoons a generation grew up with the cartoons then came the tv shows a generation grew up with the tv shows then came mcu like a generation grew up with those and now what will be next and they will keep growing with it right so that was my whole theory i did not do the uh, technical analysis or anything <laughs> i just went with like my gut i read some papers on their side on the investor uh, page and that that was about it Yeah, that's all you need for companies like Disney. You know, you don't you don't actually try to value something like like Disney because how will you do it? Like it's the intellectual property is so uh, there are so many things going for it. Like yeah. you know, you can't even imagine they can do so many things with it. So yeah, it's it's very difficult to value anything like that. And it, it's on my Disney is on my eight to eighty list, right? Yeah. It's, it's been the or anything that they produce can be consumed by an eighty year old and even an eighty year old. right yeah. even their theme parks are amazing right like it's it's one of the best uh, experience day you will spend like and it stays with you forever like people you know you you go out with uh, your family uh, to a disney uh, theme park you will remember that day for the rest of yeah. your life yeah definitely so yeah excited now and, i'm a- yeah and they crossed like, i think disney plus crossed like 100 million subscribers or something right so when they when they announced i think they announced uh, disney plus in 2019 uh, and mm-hmm. we were they said like by 2024 we plan to uh, cross 100 million and within like 2 years they they crossed it right so it was insane and i valued disney at the time uh, considering that okay let's give them 4 years for like uh, you know they they were quoting around 6 dollars 7 dollars um per per user for the disney plus uh, subscription and 100 million people by 2024 uh, and it was coming out to be around 180 dollars and i think it was trading at like 120 or something like that so i, I it was it was a no brainer for me at the time yeah. and plus i think there's so many other things going for it anyway so you can find it all of that like all of that analysis on um my newsletter i wrote it like last year uh, when it was at an all time high at 145 right now it is like 190 something right so yeah even at cool. that time it was it was amazing and then it fell because of the pandemic it fell to like 80 dollars 
um uh, during the like march or february crash whenever it happened right yeah. because people thought oh like who's going to go to this uh, the theme parks and all of that but that is all backward looking the forward looking was disney plus the disney plus play is still it's still in the game and they're going to raise the prices from 6 dollars to 8 dollars so boom there there you are it's sudden increase of like 20 30% right there so nice yeah yeah i yeah march march i think it was the best time to invest like march 2020 best time yeah. to enter the stock market not right now <laughs> yeah and that's what i'm doing with my like niece and nephews right when they have birthdays like uh, instead of giving them some gift some board game or some toy i i uh, you know send it to my brother's account like 529 account which is like the um, education fund you can start for your kids uh, and just ask him to buy disney for that that much amount of money they'll pay it'll pay for you know their at least textbooks if not if not the whole tuition college tuition but some textbook it'll grow compound let it uh, let it compound for like a decade and that's a brilliant idea that's really nice yeah Yeah that's what uh, I I wanted so my sister got married uh, recently and instead of giving them some you know like gold or anything like you know anything like that I was thinking of giving them like a uh, buy them buy a ETF or, yeah. you know uh, on their account uh, because I think that would uh, give so much higher returns compared to like anything that they will yeah. use and throw away in, yeah. especially like kids like the toys the life shelf life for that is like not even a month you know right really like if they are less than 10 years of age it's, it's yeah it's but then you will become the weird uncle for the kids who does I not know. bring toys and gifts that's that's the delayed gratification thing right like i yeah. want to it's a it's a lesson yeah yeah But, yeah that's the risk i'm willing to take <laughs> cool anyway that's enough of a rant let's get started but um As always, before we get started, uh, please subscribe to Cold Brew Money if you haven't done that already. It helps us a lot with the algorithm and uh, rate us on Apple Podcast as well. That helps us a lot. And if you like Cold Brew Money, please share it with your friends. Uh, now we have a website as well, so you can directly share um, the various episodes from the site, and they'll get all the streaming platforms there as well. So let's get started after this break. Yeah. Cool. So let's get started. Today's episode, the topic is asset allocation. Atit wrote an article back in when Atit, when did you write this article? Twenty eighteen or something. Three bloggers like this. Whoa! Atit was gaining traction. <laughs> oh so many audience. That's yeah, a, back yeah. in the day. No. So Atit, the title of the article is "Book Summary: Global Asset Allocation." What was it about? And what are we covering today? Yeah so um so basically the article was about uh, a summary of extensive research uh, that was done um, you know on global asset allocation by Meb Faber who manages i think Cambria funds um mm-hmm. he has a great website like you should check it out uh, and he also has a podcast which has over like 200 300 episodes or something like that uh, also great great podcast great guest uh, anyone who is serious about finance i think it's he he you know asks the right questions to the right, right people and sometimes he does like a stand alone show where he'll just talk about the current market environment i think those are the best shows so yeah check out my favors work uh, m e b f a b e r 
Meb Faber. Okay, so basically, yeah, uh, on his website, he did this research on, you know, he uh, took last like forty years of data and ran through different portfolios. Uh, mm-hmm. And saw like what kind of results uh, returns they are getting over forty years of data from nineteen seventy three to two thousand thirteen. So it is a little outdated. It doesn't include this decade and the amazing bull run of last three four years, um, but it still you know holds water. I think he might release an update uh, with new data. I don't know, but yeah, I think it's still uh, I think it's worth checking it out. So basically, in the study, he he uses. Three asset classes, right? So diversification. The first principle here is diversification. It yeah. reduces risk, right? Like even uh, we have diversified portfolio, right? right. Uh, I'm assuming you also have <laughs> diversified portfolio. Uh, so uh, it, it is important not just to diversify across stocks, but also across different asset classes, right? Yeah. Um, and this study basically looks at three different asset classes: uh, stocks. bonds and real assets so real assets include like precious metal like gold silver and real estate right things okay. that you can actually touch yeah so um he looks at uh, let's see how many 1 2 3 4 5 uh, i think he looks more than uh, in the in the actual white paper he looks at more than five different portfolio but we'll cover five different portfolios to Uh, which I think are uh, more important gives more details. So yeah. one of the first portfolio is uh, all season portfolio. I think we have done it back. Yeah, I think this is the one. Uh, I think you recommend. I I did not know about this, and like when we were talking before cold war money, I think you recommended this, and I think I read about it, and then I asked my sister. Like I built a portfolio for my sister based on the oh, nice. Okay. This as well. Yeah, but she did not stick to it. So <laughs> that's there, but I yeah uh, um, yeah it's a interesting portfolio. It's very Dalio, right? Like Ray Dalio. Yeah, Ray Dalio. Uh, basically, like he, the idea is that he, after he uh, like passes away, uh, the fund will follow this this uh, allocation, right? Oh, after he passes away, like the fund, like his entire fund will yeah. follow. Yeah, like because like uh, he manages I don't know so many hundreds of billions of dollars, right? I think yeah. like one thirty billion. last i checked for like couple of years back so i'm pretty sure it's more than that now yeah. so at that point like it's more about preserving wealth uh, compared to you know gen- building wealth right so yeah. um this this portfolio definitely errs on the side of caution where you know you won't see a lot of volatility if you want to preserve wealth if you have your risk appetite is low then i think this is a great portfolio to have um and basically it consists of uh, 30% stocks 55% bonds and 15% real assets okay that's uh, a lot of bonds right like right. people usually have more equity yes like more stocks compared to bonds right exactly so uh, my my passive portfolio uh, is the red alios uh, all weather all weather portfolio and whenever i tell people uh, this is what i follow they are like oh this is too conservative yeah. like how will you bonds are you know like just too many bonds uh, but i think this this is all weather for a reason right right now the environment is such that the the bond rates are like like the interest rates are really low and the stocks are going crazy but uh, i think this this is uh, you know i think it will perform well when the you know things starts to fall right mm. um, during difficult times i think it it'll hold uh, it's it's weird yeah. is what the 
ക്രാഷ് the market was uh, you know recovered within few weeks yeah in the same month i think it had like the highest gain and the highest loss right yeah and i think i don't know like there i'm sure there are uh, you know studies done on this but it might be you know all of the bear market has happened before the social media right social media wasn't there in 2008 not at, mm. at this extent and information moves so much quicker than it used to a decade back so i don't know like we might never see a bear market but you know ha huh, that's interesting i never thought about it yeah yeah because yeah i don't know uh, it's it's definitely an interesting uh, and it'll be it'll be even crazier i don't know like whenever the next crash happens how right right now like the whole the gme thing right like everyone ready in wall street everyone raise the market together and yeah. and when things get difficult i think it'll fall that quickly also I don't know we'll see the volatility will be off the charts hmm yeah, we digress we digress anyway getting back to so when so you heard about all season portfolio through this um, white paper uh no i uh, the the first book that i read on money uh, money master the game by tony robbins yeah uh, he he talks about this portfolio uh, in that book so okay that's, that's when i heard about it i didn't follow it i didn't put it in practice until like you know 3 years back i read the book like 5 years back so mm. yeah uh the next uh, portfolio that map map looks at is the permanent portfolio which consists of 25% stocks 50% bonds and 25% real as real assets so this is like a very very simple one right there's no complicated anything 25% stocks 50% bonds and 25% real assets so what is this portfolio called permanent portfolio permanent portfolio yeah 25 and okay uh, i had a question like while we are discussing like real assets right like are you using etfs to buy real assets like that's how you do it yeah and that's what i'm doing it right now yeah. like etfs for gold i think gld is one of them so it's yeah. not pure gold gld has like certain like some other precious metals also um and for real assets uh, it's reits reits mm-hmm. um and fundrise right those are the two mm. where you can actually own mm. so you don't need to own like a physical you can't walk into the house right? yeah that's the gold in in that safe to deposit but it's almost uh, equal to that because they have equal. to hold on your behalf Custo- you yeah. have to they have to custody on your behalf so yeah. i was looking into reits uh, recently and i wanted to invest but i couldn't find any funds i, I am still researching about it like here um based on the fees and all that i had to find a good one but i couldn't find anything yeah i don't know about uk but us you'll be able to find few reads india's there is only one read so far 
really yeah dude like you i am so interested in like i invest in us market right but the issue is i because my bank account here is in um, pounds mm. right i get charged transaction like the forex fees every time i buy something and it's crazy oh. like it's annoying me so much because right now the us uh, dollar is weaker compared to the pound currently so and it's losing value significantly since i've moved so in the past 6 months like the us dollar has re- like reduced so much okay. so it's crazy so that's why i'm like super annoyed um anyway again digressing let's move on to the next <laughs> yeah, the next one is like the most classic uh, you know portfolio that you'll find is 60 40 60% stocks 40% bonds yeah right. that's the one i am following right now but uh, with uh, crypto in it as well so <laughs> yeah so this this since uh, the study was done i think 2015 or something right that's when the the first version of the paper was published got it um, crypto wasn't like a big thing back then like it was already in the in the thing but it wasn't it, there was not enough data also and i don't yeah. think enough data because we were talking about 40 years in this right so yeah um and then the next portfolio is rob arnot uh, he is the founder and chairman of research affiliates a research firm that has over like 170 billion dollars in asset management uh, and okay his his strategy is basically 30% stocks 40% bonds and 30% real assets okay and then more investment 31 sec let let's go back to rob are not so 30% stock 40% bond and 30% real asset you know except for the classic 60 40 i think everyone has a lot of bonds in the portfolio which i wasn't expecting yeah surprising right but the next portfolio has hardly any bonds which is the warren buffett portfolio <laughs> Okay. So in his uh, 2013 shareholder letter, he said yeah. that uh, what I advise here is essentially identical to certain instructions I've laid out in my will. The cash will be dev- uh, delivered to a trustee. My advice to the trustee could not be more simple. Put 10% of the cash in short-term government bonds and 90% in very low-cost S&P 500 index fund. I suggest Vanguards. I believe that trust's long-term results from this policy will be superior to those attained by most investors. So basically, 90% stocks and 10% bonds is what he recommended in 2013. And the 90% stock through a Vanguard index fund, like But through a very low-cost S&P 500 index fund. So, That's crazy. Yeah. Again, I think his his strategy is to uh, you know preserve wealth and. and he is always about bullish on america right like he yeah. never best bet against america so that's why s&p 500 right so all of the stocks that we spoke about included international exposure also but okay. one is like just us mm-hmm. the bond also us bond right short term government us government bonds so yeah um so these are the like five main portfolios that i looked at and the returns let's talk about the returns after inflation okay so we have to uh, consider inflation because since it is 40 years we should uh, get the look at returns after removing whatever the inflation would be because that's mm-hmm. what, that's your real return yeah okay so t bills which is like the government uh, treasury bills uh, returned uh, in that 30 years returned oh, sorry 40 years returned about 5. Two seven percent, bonds only bonds returned seven point seven four percent, stock returned ten point two one percent, 
ऑल सीजन रिटर्न परमानेंट पोर्टफोलियो रिटर्न रिटर्न रॉब पोर्टफोलियो रिटर्न एंड वॉर राइट नाउ द इम्पॉर्टेंट थिंग इज दर वॉज वोलेटिलिटी ऑल्सो राइट दर वॉज अप्स एंड डाउन ऑल्सो so if you had just used stocks you would have seen a lot of volatility if you would have invested in t bills you might have not seen any volatility right but the returns are also low uh, whereas like uh, all of these portfolios had a very similar returns right they're between 8 to 10% no one yeah. has like crazy returns uh, over a 40 year period there are two key takeaways that i think are important one is that diversification is important because if you hold any of the like just t-bills or just bonds or just stocks you would see a lot higher volatility and the second t- takeaway is that uh it doesn't matter what your allocation is you will eventually have a return uh, between like 8 to 10% but diversification is important to protect your money against volatility so i think those are the two key takeaways that i thought yeah no that that's what i was thinking as well like when we when i saw the period 1973 to 2013 that at the 2008 crash that dot com bubble the long term capital crash yeah so multiple crashes but then still like all the portfolios are around the same range right so yeah so I, diversify yeah 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 i think that that's the the most important takeaway which is supported by data right now like you you know you it's it's almost uh, like a cliched advice that diversification is important but now you have data to support it as well yeah. and basically like he concludes uh, meb concludes that uh, so meb concludes about asset allocation and let me quote him here cooking often reminds me of asset allocation and investing as long as you have some flour baking soda sugar eggs butter and chocolate chips the exact amount really doesn't matter some people like vanilla and the recipe some people like nuts and some even more chocolate but as long as you have some of all the main ingredients the results are usually similar and delicious right investing is similar as long as you have some of the main ingredients stocks bonds and real assets the exact amount really doesn't matter all that much does adding some small allocation to emerging bonds frontier markets and or some chocolate chips vastly change the outcome not really the only thing that does really alter the outcome is you go and mess with all the ingredients while they are cooking a sure recipe for disaster right the single biggest take away from this book is to not ruin your allocation by paying too much in fees ha huh. and got yeah yeah so the only thing that does really alter the outcome is if you go and mess with all the ingredients while they are cooking a sure recipe for disaster biggest takeaway is don't pay too much fees and then i think when he says that don't mess it mess up while it's cooking i think it also like relates to what warren buffet said right like don't stop compounding yeah. like when you don't have to right i think it's similar on those lines but i'm just like assuming at this point yeah yeah no no you're right like don't uh, uh, don't interrupt the compounding machine unnecessarily right something it goes along those yeah things. that that's really interesting i'll i'll have we put the original paper in our uh, rabbit hole uh no we haven't uh, we should we'll we'll yeah. yeah yeah this is really interesting and um everyone like the first investment advice that most books start with is diversify but now like there is a 
database resource yeah, how do you diversify right that is another thing like diversify across sectors right that's what people will say like don't buy one stock buy facebook and then also buy walmart right uh, but it is important to diversify across asset also because asset allocation is important like you uh, diversify across uh, companies in in stocks but also have some gold have some uh you know crypto. risk have some crypto also but yeah uh, you know diversify your risk across asset class and i think uh, even more important now is diversifying across geography right not just own us or india or your home country home country bias is a huge thing but that i think is a topic for another episode hmm this was really interesting but for today that's about it Thank you so much for listening. If you like Cold Brew Money, please subscribe, share it with your friends. When you share, tag us. Uh, you can reach tag us on Twitter with Cold Brew Money, and then on Instagram it's again Cold Brew Money. Uh, visit our website. Check out the rabbit hole. It's Cold Brew dot Money. Uh, and if you find it interesting, share that with your friends as well. But for now, these are your hosts Atit and Tapan, and this is Cold Brew Money.